One chance is all I need To show you I'm the man you see Hidden designs I amplify to spark you up How we will fly or how will we die is up to us Maybe I'm lost, but I always find you Maybe I'm going insane, insane Welcome back to the Kyra Theory Podcast, where we have a special edition. We have a guest again. He goes by the name of Munga K. Munga, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Just to correct you quickly, it's pronounced Manga. Manga, so it's Manga thank King. you. Yeah, yes. Manga K, no worries. Perfect, yes. Uh, you are out of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably pronounce this wrong too, uh, Johannesburg? No, you pronounced that very correctly. South Africa, yeah. okay, perfect. Uh, yeah. Eight hour time difference for us here, but we're making it work. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, how, how you been holding up, man? I mean, we got ourselves, obviously, a, a global pandemic, which has changed the way you go about things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on this side, we're on a, a level one lockdown, which basically means everything's kind of back to normal um obviously everyone still has to wear a mask and uh, but i mean the events are back on people can move around people can go and party but at the moment it's getting a, we're getting a second wave so uh it's looking a little chaotic but i've been at home uh keeping my distance as long as i'm not out there uh surrounded by the crazy <laughs> just keeping myself creative right yeah so how you yeah i mean during all this here what how what have you been doing to to keep busy i mean have you obviously just been working on music or have you tried to pick up any new skills any you know uh, music any instruments anything like that well i mean besides besides uh music because i I was i was fortunate enough uh before the pandemic started i was in this really great creative space of just like constantly writing and uh being in studio um and so that kind of continued right through the lockdown so that was a great uh moment for me but besides that i mean i've solely been transitioning to vegetarianism um i don't know this lockdown's kind of made me like switch my eating habits and figure out how to be healthy <laughs> yeah um so that's been that's been an interesting um because i love meat i love meat so much but i'm like cool i need to figure out how to be healthy and uh, not get it's so hard anymore. dude <laughs> yeah what about you i mean goodness well we we started this uh, so this yeah. has definitely been uh, keeping us busy for sure. But I, um, I actually uh, try and do some some graphic design stuff on the side. I used to do a, a clothing line uh, a couple years ago, and I stopped while I, I was life was getting crazy, and I was moving down to where I am now and everything. And mm-hmm. so I've slowly been trying to to get back into that. It's about how you've had to navigate that this past year, where that has essentially been the only place to push your music and, you know, yeah. market yourself uh, with concerts and everything not happening. Cause I, I read somewhere that you're not the biggest fan of social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a love hate relationship with social media um, and the pandemic's just kind of worse than that. Cause I mean, it, it was quite interesting because um, normally when you release music, you're out there, in the physical world, you know, promoting it with shows or meeting people and telling them about the music. And then um, I dropped my uh, my mini album in May and that was like, like got smack into the, to the middle of the lockdown. So I just stayed at home right by my laptop watching just like, you know, how the streaming was moving or having to constantly post on social media and just like harass people with links and stuff like that, um, which is not normally what I would do um but obviously you have to adapt and you know 
if you have the privilege of having the internet, then you can use that to your advantage. Um, but with shows, um, it was also very interesting because at the beginning, I, I, I kind of just stayed back and watched how a lot of the artists, especially locally, were, you know, doing IG lives and YouTube lives and, um, you know, bringing everything online. Um, and I didn't know how to do that personally, uh, just because, you know, I was so far from the community of people that I could create that kind of content with. But um, later, later on in the year, I got some really cool opportunities to do some live shows. Um, I think the biggest so far was doing Planet Afropunk in October, because um, that was like a whole global stage thing. And so having to pre-record performances or, you know, doing the live streams, um, I think that's been a cool, interesting way. I don't know if, I mean, there's such a disconnect um, mm. to watching online performances. And I love, like, my favorite thing to do is to perform. And I really wanted to travel this this year. Um, but obviously, Ms. Rona said no. Right. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, like, great. That, that Afropunk performance, can, is that out on YouTube and stuff? Like, where can, pe can people go and, like, find and watch that? Um, so I know that it's available for the next month on the Planet Afropunk website, um, mine and, you know, everybody else's performances. Um, I do have one, one clip of it on YouTube, but I think I should probably upload the whole set. <laughs> I don't know why it happened. <laughs> Perfect. I kind of want to talk about the influence uh, American Wedding had on you, because I read somewhere that that song had a profound impact uh, on yeah. your musical journey. Can you kind of give us a little bit uh, on on what effect that actually had on you? Absolutely. Um, so I started singing when I was six and um, I started performing when I was nine years old. And I think from then I was, I mean, ever since I, you know, developed my love for music, I'd always watch, you know, my favorite musicians on MTV, VH1 and aspired to write this, you know, the songs that I heard, um, but I could never get it right. I just found myself basically plagiarizing a lot of the stuff that I'd hear and not really feel what I was writing. It just felt very, um, yeah, just very amateur. And I think it was 2011. I think it was, I think it was April. And I was sitting at home studying and I don't know, I think it was on Dapif or something and, you know, Frank Ocean popped up and I listened to this mixtape and it got to American Wedding and there was just something so incredible about the story that he was telling in the song. I just felt so immersed. It felt like I was watching a movie through my earphones, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I just was so immersed in this world that Frank was writing. Never mind, it was such a tragic story, um, you know, about marriage and about uh, annulments and all that stuff that I was, I was 14 years old. So I was like, I don't know what the hell an annulment <laughs> is, but you know, it's, it's breaking my heart and I love it. Um, and I was like, this is storytelling and this is what music should be about. And I don't know, it just sparked something in me from there. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to emulate this into my music and make the next person feel, you know, something as intimate as Frank made me feel. And that's the approach I've been taking to the way I write my music. It's just about feeling. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And I was going to say, you know, yeah, I was uh, kind of interested, you know, on, you know, your writing style and how, you know, that song, you know, how it changed the way you're going about now. And I guess has, have you evolved even further yet from, from that time in terms of like how you're trying to um, have people view your music or how the feeling that it's supposed to have on them? Like, is it, has any of that changed or do you kind of go by this, like a very similar formula? Oh, absolutely. It's 
dramatically changed. I think, um, so I was still pretty, pretty young. Like the first few records I put out, I was like the first record, my, my first EP three, I was 18 when I wrote those songs and my uh, debut album, Wild Solace, I was 20 years old when I wrote those and I was so young and I, I still didn't, I mean, I still don't know what life actually is, but you know, the, in those time periods, I was so hormonal, I guess. And, um, I wasn't really writing as honestly as I wanted to because I was so afraid to tap into that world, even though I just, I told myself constantly, I was like, I wanna, you know, feel everything and put that into to, to song. But um, these last two years writing this record, A Note to Growth, I really feel like I've come into my own identity as an artist, um, you know, just being more expressive, being more fluid with my body, being more, um, uh, you know, detailed about these stories um, of vulnerability, of pain, of heartbreak, of being, you know, a Black man in a world that doesn't really, uh, you know, support, you know, uh, just the idea of just like not being a monolithic uh, Black man because we're so diverse as a community. And um, I really wanted to showcase that with this music. So I feel like I've grown. That's why it's called The Note to Growth. I just... It's, it's a tribute to the fact that I am not who I was. I mean, not even who I was yesterday. I just am constantly growing and I'm constantly accepting that fact and learning so much about that. Yeah, and I do. I want to I wanna touch on that a little bit later um, when mm-hmm. we actually do start talking about uh, an ode to growth. But outside of Frank yeah. Ocean, you know, um, who else, you know, has had a great influence on you? Because I know you came from music back or music family. Um, both your mm-hmm. mom and dad uh, were uh, were into that, but you know, obviously, outside of them, they're they're going to influence you, obviously. But you know, who yeah. else has uh, influenced you on this journey? Um, D'Angelo is a huge inspiration. Um, I think the number one ultimate inspiration that I didn't realize that had such a huge impact on me, which I constantly realize every day, is Prince. Um, I was so obsessed with Prince growing up, but um, I was so afraid to kind of you know say that. Um, because of how expressive he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm just like, yeah, Prince is who I would like. Like I now this entire year, I, I've asked myself, what would Prince do <laughs> with everything that I approach? And I'm like, yeah, he'd definitely do that. I don't want him to shake in his grave. I want him to be proud of me. Um, but besides that, um, Janelle Monet, Erica Badu, um, Craig David um, is a huge inspiration as well. Um, yeah. Inspired a lot of the, you know, the writing and the singing on this record. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I mean, I grew up on a lot of Western music, um, growing up in, in Botswana, my parents, um, put us, you know, in international school. So I was exposed to a lot of, of, of different music from all over the world, um, with also the African music that we grew up listening to at home. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, I mean, what's popping in South Africa right now? What are, what are people listening to? You know, who's, um, who are like the really popular artists over there? Um, well, I've, uh, uh, so at the moment, um, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've heard of the music GOM. Say it again. It's like GQ, GOM, GOM music, G-Q-O-M. I've, I've seen um, the spelling, yes. Yeah, it's like, it's, this, it's like this interesting mix of like house and electronic music with African, um, obviously African spirit within it. And that's super popular. Our R&B is making a cool um, surgeons at the moment. Um, an artist named Elaine, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she's, um, she's, 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 she's blown up. And I mean, she just got signed to Columbia Records just from releasing, you know, her EP from here. Yeah. Um, th- there's an artist that I love. You should check her out. Her name's Zoe Medica. 
Um, she's one of my favorite vocalists in the entire world. Her voice is phenomenal and she sings um, in the language and the dialect. And it's just, I mean, I don't know what the hell she's saying, but I'm just like, I feel it and I love it. Um, and it's, 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 it's so magnificent to just be in that kind of, uh, of space to hear that. But yeah, I mean, the, South Africa has just got, I love, I mean, I'm not from here, but I've lived here for, for quite some time. And it's just got such a diverse um, spectrum of music that mm -hmm. everyone's just prescribed to you. Like there's so many different communities of people that um, are attached to, you know, the genres that make them feel happy and make them feel joyful. And yeah, it's such a, it's a very joyful country. So anything that makes, I mean, black people are joyful people we're inherently joyful. So mm -hmm. if there's anything that just like feels electric and seeps in through your body, then, you know, everyone's going to connect with that. Yeah, for sure. Who are you listening to though? Who am I listening to? Local or, or international? Both. Uh, okay. So don't use me because definitely yep. uh, my local favorite. Um, international. What have I been playing most? I just discovered this guy, Brandon Jones. Um, okay. I didn't know who he was until about like a week ago. And he's just been, he's so inspirational. Like his music is, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's magnificent R&B is what I would call it. Um, it's just very soulful. And um, Alex Isley is also another favorite of mine. Um, but I think my favorite album of this entire year is um, Spillage Village. Um, they're Spillagian. Really? Record. Okay. That, it's my favorite record of the entire year. Um, I want to make a record like that. It's just so, it's so dynamic and it goes from folk to R&B to hip hop to uh -huh. jazz. Uh -huh. It's insane. I love that record so much. Yeah, I mean, I think a record like that's really interesting too because I think that's, that's, a hard, that's a hard one to get right when you have so many different yeah. artists coming yeah. together and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah that was definitely an enjoyable listen uh, for me too. Uh, but let's get into the project that you dropped earlier this year in Ode to Growth right? Yeah. My first question, yeah. why call it a mini album? I know people like, obviously yeah, have like, considered <laughs> it like an EP and, I, and I've seen, yeah. you know, part of why, you know, or the, the idea of what you got going on, but why call it a mini album? So my plan with A Note to Growth um, was or is, I'm, you know, it's constantly changing. This lockdown is making me go through so many mood changes, but my original plan for A Note to Growth was a two-part um, record mm -hmm. and it would culminate into one entire album that would tell the sequence of stories. So that's why I called it a mini album because it was one half of the full album. Um, okay. And I, I'm currently working on, you know, I'm, I'm part two, but I'm also working on a lot of uh, cool, cool music. But that was the initial plan with A Note to Growth. Okay. Also, I was just, just like, I feel like a lot of people say EP a lot. So I was like, I want to be different and be cool and like call it a mini album. You know? <laughs> I mean, EPs are essentially mini albums anyways. So, I mean, I, I get it. Period. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the decision, though, um, to go with the soul and R&B feel uh, with this project. Because yeah. um, I know yeah. that it, for me, like, it feels drastically different um from your 2018 album uh where you had yeah. a ton of like indie rock rhythms and stuff like that as well too uh because mm -hmm. i also read that you wanted to go like pop electronic with it at first and then switched mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. kind of talk to me about you know the process of landing with what we have now yeah so wild solace was i think when I was writing that record, I was in this really cool space of like, I want to make, um, I mean, I grew up on rock. So I was like, I really want to tap into that world um, and, you know, be more 
expressive uh, with that. And so I went through this weird little phase um, post Wild Solace where I was writing music and I really wanted to be more, well, I really wanted to get mainstream success. And, you know, in South Africa, radio play is like, I mean, I think everywhere radio play is huge. I, I don't listen to radio that much, but um, getting on radio was like the main agenda at the time. And um, the stuff that I was putting out before wasn't, I guess, radio wasn't really interested in that. So I went into the space, I was like, cool, I wanna make generic pop music that people are gonna like. And, you know, hopefully more people decide to listen to me and I can get some sort of, um, success and notoriety and they just weren't good <laughs> they just weren't good songs um, I mean they were good but they just didn't sound like me you mm -hmm. know it, it felt like I was being somebody else and that's something I never want to be and so we, we we had to take a step back I mean we, we wrote like 10 10 11 songs and they were cool but they I guess they were they were meant for somebody else and I took a step back and I was like I don't want to put this out and send the wrong message when I eventually come into my own. I'd rather start doing that now. And, you know, that was necessary for me to recalibrate and realize it. A note to growth was the best uh, reintroduction. I call it a reintroduction to who I am as an artist, because as I mentioned before, like the last two projects I put out, I was quite young and all, all I wanted to do was put out music. I just really wanted to put out bodies of work that best resembled my, uh, my, my thinking at the time and they without those records and note to growth wouldn't have been born and i wouldn't have been able to realize you know the message that i am trying to send out into the world and the artists that i would like to be for a very very long time sure sure was this you know obviously you know going to through this growth and stuff like that you know how uh how difficult was this to to put together for you or for it to come you know because i mean obviously you're working on you know uh, a bunch of different songs and you know having like a two-part project so how how was the process in terms of picking which songs to put on the front half you know on this first mm -hmm. part versus what's going what's going to come next mm. um yeah i mean we worked I mean, all, all in all, entirely with the Note to Growth and the stuff before, it took us about 17 months to get to finally figuring out how we, well, how I wanted the project to, to sound. And I'm really big on like playlisting, for example. So for me, track listing is so important and how song sequencing is so important to me, how songs flow into one another. And um, I think I had about like eight to 16 different track listings. And um, I, I also overthink a lot. So um for me, I just wanted to make sure that the, the, the I guess this, there was some sort of story being told, not exactly, um, you know, from beginning to end, but some some sort of message that was being brought across. And I guess the main message of the record was about, I guess, unrequited love and how I would grow and learn from all my rejections. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was quite challenging at first because I didn't know what the project was going to sound like mm -hmm. until we were knee deep into recording it about, I think this was August of 2019 um, is when I solidified like, Oh, this is, this is how the, the project is coming to be. And I mean, soul music is, is that those are my roots. So I really knew that I wanted to dive back into that world and make it, make it more strong. Um, so that was definitely the, the guiding factor to it but yeah took some time to find my my place within 
within the track listing of everything. Yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect. Which song for you uh, was the hardest to put together? Uh, whether it's just because of the emotions going into you writing it, or it was mm -hmm. just difficult getting the song to sound the way that you envision it sounded? Heartbeat 8, I think. Um, I mean, I, 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 so I wrote the, the entire song in like 15 minutes when we were in studio and they showed me, you know, the, the producer behind the, 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 the song showed me like the beat and everything. But there was just, I really, really, because that was, that was the song that I knew that I was like, cool, this is going to be a nice slick reintroduction to me. I'm trying to be a sexy, um, you know, artist and, and be more expressive and whatever. And I really wanted that to hit, but it just wasn't, I think, so I do a lot of layering and, and stacking vocals when I'm in studio. And sometimes they sound really messy and sometimes they sound quite decent. So it took us a while to figure out, I mean, we only actually properly, because we finished the project in August and I still wasn't feeling too good about Heartbeat 8. And we had to hand in the masters at the end of Feb. And I think it was like a week before is when we finished the vocals for Heartbeat 8. Yeah. And it was very nerve wracking because I was like, <laughs> this is chaotic and I want to make sure it's perfect and I don't want to listen to it six months down the line and be like, I hate it. Um, so I was really just like, that song has to hit um, sonically, lyrically. And because, because what I loved about, what I love about it is it's, I feel like it's, 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 it's this two part song that starts off really slow and smooth. And then it, you know, switches up into this, you know, garage dance break kind of thing. And, I guess I attribute that to just like this feeling of falling in love and it's just like, it's this pace that you get and then you get to that honeymoon phase and it's like, cool, we're gonna dance it off. And so I wanted that to, I guess, come across. So I was really meticulous about that one. Right, yeah. And so, and I know you mentioned, obviously you just said, you know, that would took 15 minutes for you to write, but I also saw, you know, a song like Fool's Gold, which was one of my favorites. That song came together yeah. very easily for you. When, yeah. when writing music, do you have, are you a guy who just like, who writes, you know, lines like in, in your notes app uh, and then starts putting them together? Or do you sit down and really craft out a song, you know, or like work hard in writing it front to end? Like how, how do you, or does it just like change from song to song on how it comes together for you? I think, I think maybe some, I think it gets to change song to song, but most of the time I do, I do. So I, when I have ideas, a lot now I sketch them down either in my notes it like a line comes to me I'll write that down and like see it later or but most of the time I, I just record melodies over uh, my voice memos um, but I, I prefer writing when I'm in a studio session and you know we're creating like Fool's Gold we created that from scratch and it's it's I guess it's weird but the words just come to me instantly and I'm like cool I want, I'm gonna come up with because I come up with the melodies first and then once I've solidified how it's gonna sound, I start just spewing out words and then write them down simultaneously in my notes to you know, make it make sense. Um, so that's, that's generally the approach that I take when I'm creating music. Okay, interesting. Uh, if you had to give this album a color to describe it or the feeling it gives <laughs> off, which color would uh, you choose? What color would I choose? I mean, the album cover is blue, so that, but also, I think, hmm, like a light brown, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, just kind of, I think brown's such a really nice, warm color, um, and that makes me feel golden, so I guess <laughs> I would say that. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that I mean, that's perfect. I I I'm, I always I love asking that question because it makes people think, and I never know what they're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know people see color when they like do music. I'm not one of those uh, fortunate people, but I wish I was. <laughs> what is that? Synth synthesia or something? Synthesia, like whatever. That. Yeah, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Uh, one thing I love about you, though. Um, whether I've seen, you know, pictures that people have used like in interviews or, you know, some photo shoots you've done and stuff like that is your fashion. Dude, you always <laughs> look hot. Where do you get your fashion <laughs> influence from? Whoa, uh, definitely Prince. Um, major, major inspiration. Um, I don't know. I've, I just, there's. I've also yeah, seen yeah. people uh, say that you also give off really big Maxwell vibes. <laughs> I have never. I actually haven't heard that. I think maybe it's my falsetto. It's like an automatic. If if, if you sing in a falsetto, you're somewhat Maxwell. Um, but that's cool. Um, I don't know. Like Joburg's got this really great fashion culture that is just so. It just it's so electric. Like you can just it rubs off onto you. And um, I thrift a lot, so my thrift thrift culture is like my entire life. So everything mm -hmm. that I I mean, until I get an endorsement deal from like Gucci or something. But um, until then, I'm just like going to thrift my entire life. And that's fun for me. I just go and like um, find a bunch of coats on the street, obviously clean them um, and just like match those with, 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 with colorful pants. And I love boots. Uh, boots are my thing. So just like matching those with my docs. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I've been into i don't know why before i, I guess toxic masculinity but i was like so afraid to like do makeup looks and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then this year i was like screw that i'm gonna do that like if I, if I feel like wearing eyeshadow i'm gonna do that if it matches my shirt or whatever and yeah i've just been more expressive in in doing that i just it, i also it's crazy because i also used to hate colorful clothes but now i'm like yeah this is where i should be at i uh -huh. really like this so yeah. i just really wear whatever makes me feel cool and 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 expressive with my body that's good though because i, I mean, guess that's what fashion is yeah so right and it obviously goes great with you know how uh you know just growing as a person as well too and exactly you know what you're pushing um as a person through your music and uh just your yeah. lifestyle and everything like that as well too so i mean it, it makes sense that everything comes together um yeah all and all like that too good that's all i have for you is there anything you would like to plug before we get you out of here? Um, well, I mean, I would love to say that uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Percy. This is cool. Um, it's really nice to, you know, have my music be heard <laughs> in different course. parts of the world. Like, that's still strange to me that, you know, music can travel so far. Um, so thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm just very excited about, I mean, pandemic willing, things go well, but I've I'm really excited about the new music that I'm, a, I'm, I'm putting out very soon. I've got a new song coming out in February and um, a bunch of new projects that I'm constantly working on. And I'm really, also I've got a cool music video coming out next month. Um, so yeah, if anyone's interested, uh, please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those things and let's connect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, speaking of music videos, I saw that, you know, that's something that you low key are super, super into. Yeah, I mean, the three, so we put out three uh, music videos this year, and I, I wrote the treatments, and I created, directed all of them, and I worked with a, a whole bunch, well, I mean, it was a cool, it was a really small team of individuals that, you know, we came together on really tight-ass budgets, and we were like, 
you know, we don't really have funding from anywhere, but let's create something that's, you know, visually enthralling and, you know, shows who I am as an artist. And this uh, last month, I just shot my first high budget music video that I didn't pay for. But um, it's, it's very, I mean, what I can say is it's, all I, all I told the director was I want Afrofuturism and he was like bet and then you know we shot some really insane stuff and I'm really excited for everyone to see that visual it's looking very insane at the moment yeah I, I'm looking forward to seeing it as well too Mungo we'll get you yeah. out of here I appreciate you coming in stopping with us and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch and hopefully we'll get you on here again sometime soon peace It seems so simple, maybe even spiritual But in my head did something serious I'm almost deliriously consumed by all the pressures here myself at all sometimes i choose to flow in alcohol
can't tell if you fall.